Hey everyone, this is Tony, Dungeon Master for D&D Raw, and before we begin, I wanted to talk about the fantastic folks over at Tabletop Loot. They're a couple who sell and ship all sorts of loot, from t-shirts, mugs, tote bags, and most importantly, so many beautiful dice. We got to spend some time with these awesome folks at Gen Con this year, and you really need to check them out. Right now, you can go to tabletoploot.com and input the promo code RAW in order to get 15% off any dice that you order from them. We've started using some of their orange sherbet dice during our games, and rolling great for me. But they have so many other beautiful dice to choose from. So definitely check out tabletoploot.com and use the promo code RAW, R-A-W, to get 15% off all dice on their website. Thanks so much for listening, and thank you, Tabletop Loot. Also, don't forget you can support D&D Raw on Patreon to access behind-the-scenes content while earning our undying gratitude, including special shoutouts, bonus content, and even the chance to join us in the game. We even recently updated all of our tier rewards, so absolutely you need to come check us out at patreon.com slash dndraw. We would be thrilled if you support us on Patreon. Anyway, on to episode 7 of Serviceable Plots. Documentation for the win. With me today are the following players. Hi, I'm Bethany, and I'll be playing Belinda Walsingham, the half-elf awakened mystic. Hi, I'm Adam, and I will be playing Akiva Khonshu, the Shadar Kai Hexblade Warlock. Hi, I'm Mike, and I'll be playing Scrib Whitecliffe, the human mastermind rogue. Hi, I'm Giuseppe, and I'll be playing Valen Blackwater, an Azimar monk paladin. Last time, Akiva told everyone about his conversation with his patron during the early hours of the morning. There was great concern over this, as there was some definite sinister tones to the patron's words, as Belinda herself saw with her mind-meld ability. This led Belinda to revealing that she could speak to people telepathically, surprising Valen and Akiva, while the guards of Amran continued to follow Zolas, who was to be guarded by Valen and Akiva in the morning. Scriv and Belinda made their way to Arborshade Academy, with a quick stop at Fantasy Office Depot. After a brief meeting with the headmistress, Zinevere, the pair met with the divination instructor, Horjan, who inspected an amulet Scriv found, and suddenly spoke in a voice that was not like his own. We pick up with the party as Horjan says, An old loss awakens an unspoken end. Undead rise as ancient love is rediscovered. A hero's lost will break the chains. A broken heart will bring about the dawn of evil. Beware the day the sun goes dark as it signals the return of that which even the gods fear. What? Wait. What? <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> he looks at me. Well, no big deal. What? What? Sir. What? I, I. What? What did you just say? I said interesting. I'm going to write down what he just said as quickly as possible, <laughs> trying to memorize. I'm not going to remember that. Uh, I'm not going to sure remember that at all. Belinda can remember it. All I know is that I'm quick drawing my pen and ink and paper and just scrawling that down as quickly as possible. And then I'm going to slide over a copy of it to the divination instructor and say, uh, you said this. I did? <laughs> yes. Um, sorry, I don't remember. You were, I think, sort of touching where the stone should be, and then you spoke and you sounded unlike yourself. Okay, as- and he puts his fingers there again. I don't- am I saying anything? No. Uh, <laughs> I would recommend- do you have a- student or a second that you trust in your researching yeah i have a few that help me with some research 
I would recommend that you not analyze the amulet on your own, and at least have a second to watch over you in case there is another incident and there's more research that can be done. Hmm. All right, if you think that's important. Yeah, are you not concerned about this? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know these old necklaces, they've got all sorts of weird magic attached to them. There's no need to worry. Oh, he's there. I'm sure the. I'm sure I'll be able to take care of it. I mean, as long as I'm not by myself, it should be fine. Mm-hmm. He just stares more intently at it. Okay, then. I'm going to scroll down a copy of my own of this weird prophecy that the little gnome said. Okay. I look forward to your sending. We're all going to die. <laughs> all right. I, Flynn is like, hey, this isn't my thing. I'm just <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not touching this one. Scriv is... Only falling back on professionalism to maintain his demeanor at this point. Palm that coin. Internal like, what? (laughs) It's less palm that coin and more I'm acting in an official capacity as Scrivener Whitecliffe of Veripole. And I have a job to do. After we leave this room, Scriv is going to be like, what? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, uh, thank you, Horjin. We look forward to hopefully getting some answers about what this is and uh, we'll return in the morning at the latest all right no problem hopefully i'll have something for you by then yes that would be great um and he starts to cast for a moment and as he releases can you come to my office and help me take a look at this new artifact please hurry (laughs) he's like all right well let me know if there's any other information you have or anything else that can help and he has the paper of the charcoal sketching and the paper of what he had just said and then the amulet all on his desk as he's just getting book after book after book and starting to pour through it all right cool one last thing i pull out a piece of paper and i quickly just scroll down what is effectively a receipt that he is the one who is receiving this artifact i'm gonna slide it over could you please sign this <laughs> documentation for the win (laughs) if my dad hears that i gave away the relic without getting any sort of receipt he's gonna tan my hide it's gonna be from out of the ditch and into the duck pond if you know what i mean that's what they say in veripole he looks at the and he reads it really quick oh yeah and he just quick signs it thank you fold it up documentation for the win (laughs) yep it's what all fantasy worlds are missing for documentation (laughs) (laughs) i love it I'm a Scrivener. This is what I do. I know. So we're going to step outside calmly, Mm -hmm. professionally. Close the door. What was that? Um, I feel like I've seen a lot of things. I have never seen that. I mm, no uh, spontaneous prophecy. Is that what that was? I. It sounded like someone was using him like a ventriloquist dummy. That's worse. Yeah, a lot worse. Okay. We already have a party member dealing with, you know, an unknown patron, and now we have this. I have absolutely no idea how our personal business affects our mission. This was just a side quest. A side gig. However, I am totally on board with asking Zolas if this makes any sense. Yeah, he is a cleric, and perhaps he has some insight into it, because it sounds crazy. Can we go to the headmaster and see if there's anything from the shop class? Yeah, let's do that. Then let's uh, <laughs> let's head back because I'm sure uh, Kiva and uh, Valen are eager to go see the town. I think that was their plan. So you do go back to Zinevere and she has several earrings on her table and says, um, this is what we can actually spare. There's five on the table. Are they one to one? 
These five are all linked to each other. Does it require a somatic component to activate? You simply tug the earring. Okay. How much is the Academy willing to charge for these? These? You can have them. Wow. Thank you. Of course. Our enchanter's very skilled, and these are more little things that he's developed over time and perfected. Okay. The rest he tends to charge for. She just smiles slightly. Can we use one to contact you? The range would be too far for anything past 250 feet. Okay, then I will take the five. Yeah, thank you so much. No problem. And to think people are suspicious of the Academy. We can figure out how to distribute this later. Okay, we'll do that later, yes. We got the five earrings of messaging. Okay. All right. So you guys are heading back by this point? Yeah. I think so. Got to get our shift in. Okay. We were successful, question mark. (laughs) So you guys make your way back to the Thistledon Inn and relieve Akiva and Valen of watching over Zolus, who has pretty much just been in his room this whole time. (laughs) Overall, Valen, Akiva, what were you guys doing during these few hours they were out? Low key. Probably just, what, hanging out, playing cards? Yeah, trying to take my mind off of imminent doom. Were you practicing cataclysm? We don't have a game set. Script keeps it on him. I keep a deck of cards. Usually they're for tricks, but I keep a deck of cards. So you have cards, yes. Cataclysm or tiles. Yep. I'm glad we've established that now apparently Scrib keeps the equivalent of like a travel chess set on him at all times. I did not know that. <laughs> they're tiles. We we all just assumed. Okay. Okay, so Akiva and Valen are just passing the time talking and playing cards. So eventually, Belinda and Scriv do return to relieve you guys, and you go out, and Valen, you show them around the town. First, you would probably just initially pass by the academy to take a look at it, but it tends to be really busy. And if you wanted to see any of the masters, you know that you would need appointments to do so, or at least to have them be aware of it. We're spying on uh, Belinda and Scriv. <laughs> well, they're already back at the, the end. <laughs> yeah, we had to replace you. We're relieving you from guard duty. You would then show them the market, which would be mass, like massively busy at this time. So we will say, like, yes, you just showed him around whatever sites and even passed briefly by the docks just so he could see the ocean. But yeah, it did smell a bit. You were right about the smell. Yeah, you know, it's a good view, but there, you can go elsewhere. Yeah, but I mean, the ocean's really pretty. Yeah, it is that. So after a few hours for you guys, as you approach the city, the sun is starting to set and it is getting to be dinner time. And Belinda, Scriv, as you guys were taking your watch, Akiva and Valen return, and Akiva seems to have a handful of things. Guys, 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 look at all the things. So. Okay, okay, okay. So, 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 guys, I found this, and I show you the super violent propaganda comic book. There was this guy that was preaching on the street, right? Man, he was saying some really crazy things, but, oh, look at this thing. And I start flipping through it, and you'll see, I'm guessing, just straight murder and torture. But, man, he was really convincing with, with how he, he, he was like, oh, the socialism, the socialism. <laughs> Wow, and it's all hand-drawn, too. Yeah, he had, like, three dozen. It must have been painstaking. Yeah, I asked him if, if he had, like, like a, a team by him. He was like, no, I'm trying to spread the word here. All of this is, this is, this is my ideas, but I'm trying to get a collective of people following me. He simultaneously has a problem with the Vermer expansion, and yet also wants to go form a commune. Yeah. But I would- not a socialistic one. Because again, in his mind, that way lies madness. I would like to criticize this man's publishing publication based on his calligraphy. (laughs) 
The lettering is atrocious. <laughs> what else did you get, Akiva? Okay, so we were passing by this shop, right? Mm-hmm. And there was a sales guy out front. He's like, we have trinkets all from all around the world. From just tiny little experiments made by the academy to traveling salesmen I picked up everywhere. So I went and looked at his shop and he had this mask, right? Okay. And I was like, oh, more masks. Like, I could either use it or Alan, you could use it. We, 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 we like using masks. It's really just kind of like a porcelain mask that just is blank. There's not much to it. I put it on. Check this out. Check it. Just put it on. Just put it on. Okay, so I, I, t- I, t- I take off my mask and I put it on. Look at this. And you just see my face. It looks like him. What? Does, do his lips move? It's, it's not yeah. moving. It just looks like his face. Look at this. It's so weird. Can I touch it? Yeah. I'm not asking. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go up. I'm gonna poke his face. Yeah. You feel the mask. So it still feels like the mask. Yes. I'm imagining it's some sort of illusion. I'm going to pull out just a a little bit of ink, and I'm going to dab it on the side of the face mask. There is now ink on his face. I was so worried you were going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah. No, and then, Akiva, can you take the mask off, please? Sure thing. I'll I'll take it off. He has no ink on his face. You see it's still, like, on this plain-looking mask, though. Okay. Oh, so if you put the mask on again... It looks like him. With some ink on his With face. With some ink on his face. But it's got ink on the mask now. It's a plain porcelain mask. I, I take some cloth and I wipe it off. And it's off now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so it didn't transfer to his actual face. No, it did not. That would be mind-blowing. <laughs> That's why I was double-checking. Just, mm-hmm. Okay. And then the next thing. Yeah, so I found this loot. Look how tiny it is. Wow. So, I can't play it, but I was thinking I could teach Lazarus how to play it. I did take a toothpick to it. It's slightly out of tune, but there's little <laughs> tuning knobs. I don't know how it was made because it's so tiny. The precision here, it, I'm wondering if it was shrunk magically or it costs like two silver. It's amazing to me. Yeah. Wow. I guess we'll see if Lazarus can play it at some point. I'm going to teach him how to play it. It's going to be fantastic. By the way, are you guys having all this conversation in uh, one of your rooms? In Zolus's room? Or did you go out to eat and then are talking about this? Like in the lounge area of the tavern. Okay. Yeah. Just wanted to check. I, I was going to say we should do this in Zolus's room just so he can okay. be long suffering over the fact that we're, we're we're having all these deep, intimate conversations. We're, doing, we're doing an unboxing now. <laughs> <laughs> he is awake right now. so Does he want to eat? Because we can be doing this over dinner and having another grand discussion about all of our lives in the middle of a tavern. I mean, you're going to have to get food soon. So we'll say that you guys initially like started showing this. Oh, we need food. And then head over to the uh, the ocean breeze. So much fish. Fried fish. Fried fish. The best fish. The best Oh, fish. now I want fried fish. Yep. There is actually fried fish here for the supper. At the Ocean Breeze? Yep. Nice. Rice and a spice bread. Spice bread. That sounds good. Anyway, so the the next one is... Okay, and then I found this. It's a tuning fork. I was thinking of maybe picking up an instrument, so I'm just going to use... I'm going to use it to, to tune my, my instruments, and then I, I hit it. To anyone proficient in musical instruments, this does not fit any tonal scale. Could I test something out? Sure. I take the tuning fork and I hit the note. It's not any conventional note. I know. So then I'm going to go over to the tiny mouse loot, and I'm going to hit a string on there. Does it match up to the It's matching the mouse loot. (laughs) All right. I just go quietly hand that over to Akiva. (laughs) It works. It works real well. You're welcome. Next. So I found this 
giant mosquito encased in amber. It's pretty. That's the entire story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I found it lying on the side of the road. You did not purchase it. No, but for some reason, mosquitoes seem to not like it. I can't imagine why. It's almost like a big brother to them, but... Wait, you didn't buy that? It was it was on oh. the ground, but it was next to a stand. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Did you steal that amber? I thought it was it was on the ground. I thought it was, I thought it was just lying there. <laughs> we bought other stuff from him. That's true. I think it all balances out at the end, and... I don't think he wants this back. I gotta be honest, as I'm sort of like eyeballing this hideous monstrosity Although in Amber. now that I'm thinking about it, this does repel mosquitoes. It might actually be his own property and he wasn't selling it. <laughs> he was just using it to keep away mosquitoes from his stall. Well, look, we'll head back after dinner. If he's already closed up, there's really nothing we can do because we leave first thing in the morning. This is true. Though I suppose I can leave some money with Quora and maybe she can seek him out or... Pay some urchin to do- No, that's a bad idea. Don't give urchins money. Better idea, just leave it with Cora and she can return it to him because that thing is horrifying to look at. away mosquitoes! I don't know. We'll have to see if it still works even if it's not visible. <laughs> because that, that is powerful magic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I got a cup. Yes, would you like to describe this cup? It's a long, slender, really a wine flute, as it happens, made of a uh, stained bone material. The edges rimmed with gold. Looks very fancy. A bit like marble, except, again, it is definitely a bone. I'm not sure exactly what kind of bone, but it's not human bone. And it'd have to be something huge to actually make a wine flute out of it, so... Yeah. Looks very fancy. Yeah. Is it of any archaeological significance? Do I recognize the make of it? I can actually ascertain the value of all art artifacts by sight. (laughs) Tony's like, I regret this. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe slightly. It's not particularly old. It seems okay. it was crafted recently. All right. Don't care. It's kitsch. <laughs> well, I will say uh, Scriv and I also have acquired some less fascinating, but perhaps more useful items. I right. lay out the earrings. A cup is always useful. Is it as useful as these? When am I not going to use this mosquito? And I'm, I've still got it in my hand just waving <laughs> it around. He's just sitting it like in front of his plate. Yeah. Well, these were given to us by the headmaster of Arbor Shade Academy. Apparently, they had enough to share, oh. and they can be used for sharing messages they attach to your ear. That is useful. Undeniably. Yeah. How rich are they? I mean, they're they're an academy, right? From what you told me, they're, they're like a conglomerate of people. These are student projects. Um, well, I think this was perhaps, and it sounded like one of their higher level enchanters that does these in his spare time as a hobby. Oh, you're right. They were done by the lead enchanter as a side project. Huh. So they're ours now. Cool. It seems like it'd be good for us all to have an additional way to stay in communication beyond, you know, shouting, not looking at Akiva. Is that all you guys went to the academy for? Or was there... Give Belinda the side eye. <laughs> I mean, we had something we were looking into. I've been in correspondence with the head headmistress uh, previously, so she was expecting us. I'm gonna say to Scriv, Share as much as you want. This is yours. I look over to Zolas. While we were taking care of another assignment, we received a cryptic message from the divination instructor, and I slide over the piece of paper. Can you make heads or tails of this? You're showing both of them? Yeah, I'm showing both of them and Zolas too. Okay. Yeah. I assume everybody's like reading it, right? Yeah. Yeah, if you guys all start chanting at the same time, I am so out. <laughs> An old loss awakens. <laughs> okay. And, and Tony, we haven't made any checks on it. I don't know if 
Now is the time for checks. And now would be the time for checks. What are you attempting to discern from this? I want to know if I recognize any of the phrasing from anything I've read. Okay. I will assist. Roll a straight intelligence check with the assistance, of course. Could I make any sort of history or religion check to see if I recognize anything being mentioned by Neslam in the past about anything regarding this? Hold on, I'll give you a a hint on that one. The the sun going dark part. You have definitely heard Valen (laughs) mumbling or and or maybe crying about and... um, (laughs) Valen just gets up and walks away. Oh. We'll resolve the checks a minute as you guys are all studying this, but intelligence checks from Belinda? Uh, it's a total of 20. Okay. 19. Okay. Hey. So, based off of that, the only thing you can think about just in terms of the wording is Archon, the chaotic, evil, chained god that formed the abyss and demons. Right. Now I get where Valen's coming from. Beyond that, you're not sure what any of the rest could mean, but uh, the breaking of chains, the dawn of evil, Archon is the deity of chaotic evil. That could be what it means. This is based off of just what you think it might mean. Do I have any recognition of any of this phrasing or, or I guess, sort of the style of the rhetoric? Does it resemble something I've seen before? No. Okay. Okay, so Valen after reading all this, just got up and walked away, right? Yes. Out of character from what Akiva knows, his deity is the one that basically chained this one up, right? Valen's deity is literally the chain. Yes. 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 She <laughs> is the chains. I'm going to share with Scrib telepathically what I what I learned. <laughs> Archon, ancient evil! <laughs> this is your interpretation based off of the word. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the way that's what it gathered. sounds, I, 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 I'm sorry, Valen left. I think what it means, his deity is, I, if this is coming out the way we're thinking it is, his deity is literally the one chaining Archon. So if this is breaking the chains, something might have happened to his deity. Well, it sounds like this hasn't happened yet. It's all in the future tense. It sounds like a prophecy rather than something that has occurred but we don't know but at the same time we don't know that this is reliable uh is should we go talk to him or let me let me talk to him and see if he's okay so i'll i'll get up and go check on valen akiva all right yeah as you're going out the door can you ask him one question for me sure ask who else worships his deity okay i will i will do that thank you when you walk out of the tavern akiva you find valen just outside Okay. Yeah, I'm hey. just leaning against the uh, building, kind of looking at the sky. So at least we have some semblance of what's going on, maybe? I don't know about that. I just, reading that, you know how it is. When I start reliving the dreams, they just intrude on everything. And there's that bit about the chains, and I'm just, I'm just hearing chains loudly just snapping. And it. Yeah, I know. But we don't know that that's one even going to come true or two it's even somewhat of a reliable prophecy or anything like that no no i don't really know anything for certain because i haven't been able to force myself to parse out everything that antara left me but i'm really not enjoying having anything out in the world that even smacks of being the same yeah and belinda did point out that if it is a prophecy it hasn't happened yet 
Yeah, you know, nothing about the last year has at all made me think that maybe something terrible that would take the uh, attention of every god that is known, you know, is going to happen. That Sorry, I'm getting snippy. It's okay. I mean, it's a lot of information. You have every right to be upset. That's no information. That's the problem. It's just memories and warnings and fear and no actual information on what to do. Whatever happens, we'll figure it out. You know, I throw that one around a lot, but this is a big one. Yeah, I know. Thank you. No problem. Scriv did want me to ask, who else worships your deity? I mean, there are a few out there. Mm, more than a few. I mean, there's a small monastery or temple, or however they brand themselves these days, that I set up back home. That's where I send my extra money. There's a few speakers there. I know Ulrich, Cantor. He just goes by the title now. Cantor is out there converting people as whenever he can. There are many people within the Church of Karis that, if they don't nominally worship Eshenai, they at least study and acknowledge that she is a part of him in a way. So I can I, I can come in and have this discussion with him. If you need to take your time, take your time. Oh, and let's go do this. Let's go. Okay. All right. While they were outside, Scriv, Belinda, anything? Well, I think we're waiting to see what Zolus has to say, because that was the he was the one originally addressed by Scriv. Yeah, you notice he's reading it. As he finishes, his eyes kind of don't leave the page. He seems to read it again and again. Well, this, uh, this seems to match up with what I saw, or what was shown to me anyway. Is this related to why you were attacked? Maybe. If uh, Tenebris is trying to do something. I can't imagine a demon lord going after a god. A goddess, I guess, in this case, trying to break the change, but still doesn't it make any sense to me why all the gods have suddenly gone quiet. But Zolus, you know more than you've shared. Do you know or suspect who this hero is? No. I wish I could say I did, but I don't. I just look over at Belinda. I, I have an idea, but I need to know. I look back at the door. I need to know the, the answer to that question. While we're waiting, though, Zolus, does this phrase sound familiar in any of the teachings that you, like, you've read? This dawn of evil. There are a bunch of different discussions about it, but and there are evil gods, but there's never one dawn of evil. I I don't understand what that could mean. Sorry, my my memory's not as good right now either. I'm still fairly worn out, but this bit's also something that's concerning: the return of that which even the gods fear. It means that there was something that existed that the gods were able to push away and that it's coming back. That's my concern as well. I have no idea what the gods themselves would fear, what it could be. What are the odds that they abandoned us to save their own skin? I can't believe that. Not from Vimera. Not from most of them. Hmm. So it sounds like you're taking this seriously. Very. By about this point, Akiva and Valen are coming inside. Akiva? He's, he's going to be okay. I'll let him answer. I apologize. I I needed a moment. It uh, just brings back a lot of what was thrust upon me the night Antara left. Very, very physically. So, Scriv asked about followers? Yeah. What do you need to know specifically? Who are the highest ranking members of your order? Oof. I mean, we don't necessarily have a strict hierarchy yet. It's not like we're a fully recognized representative of you know, the Pantheon, as it were. We don't 
have people in the capital of Orn, you know, the, the temple in Orenthal. Valen, you misunderstand. Who does your goddess care the most about? Whose death, if it were to ever happen, would utterly break her heart and her focus, being a small order like you are? I've got nothing. I think you might have the wrong idea about my goddess. The thing that would break her heart the most, person dying that would affect her deepest would be Archon, because then she would have no more killing to do. She's not exactly a warm-hearted sort of being. Well, that I can understand. I mean, Adar's not known for being a warm, fuzzy deity. I would say the ones closest to her, in any meaningful way, at least on this plane or that were on this plane, would obviously be Antara. I don't know that she has many, if any, other Celestials. Antara is the only one that ever escaped the Abyss. And then there would be a half-elf that bound himself to Antara, goes by the name of Cantor. And then there would be me. I'm her only Azamar. Just the simple truth of it. She doesn't have much spread here. It's hard to get out. The idea that I had was that if there is one individual that could be pinpointed as the focus of all her energies, that loss would lead to this line here, the breaking of chains, and the broken heart would bring about whatever this dawn of evil is. But if there's nothing like that, then, well, I don't know what else would break these chains. I mean, this right here is clearly like mention of an eclipse with this, the day the sun goes dark. I think we can't fully parse this with the information we have. I mean, that's usually the intention of a prophecy is to obscure rather to inform and even to mislead. Well, then I kind of hold up the piece of paper and put it in my pocket. Where did you get this? Divination teacher over at the academy. What was he divining? It was like a spontaneous prophecy. It was unexpected and he was unaware of it happening. It was unsettling to say the least and he was remarkably unconcerned because he had no recollection of it i mean i admit to having limited experience with prophets the only prophet i actually know is me and that's definitely not my experience it was almost like a possession i think screw from your perspective raise my hands i'm really leery to say anything like that i don't even know what that looks like you were just speaking was he performing any other spell was he working with anything it was like he was speaking, and all of a sudden, it was his normal speech was broken, interrupted by this recitation in a voice that was unlike his normal speaking voice. And then he simply resumed speaking as if nothing had happened. That happen often to him? Doesn't seem like it. We told him to have an assistant nearby in case something like that happened again. But it felt like the message was for us, not for him. We shared it with him to see what his reaction was, or scripted. And if he could do any more research into the phrasing of it, maybe there's a cadence in a different language that we're missing. So someone is doing something. That's definitely what it seemed like. Sorry, question, Tony. Yes. This was in common, correct? It was spoken in common. Okay, I assumed, but I just wanted to check. Yeah, and that's why I'm guessing that maybe if there's a different language, there's a context that we're missing. Yeah, that would make sense. So we're supposed to return in the morning to see if he has any further information based on his research throughout his many, many tomes. He'll give me ascending. That way we don't need to worry about holding up our exit from the city. Zolas has to get somewhere, and that is our job. Zolas kind of pipes in. The faster the better. And you notice he's pale. And we're already going to lose time avoiding the main roads. We need to leave preferably before dawn, but at dawn would be acceptable. We don't need to worry about going back to the academy to get further details about this prophecy. He's sending me a message directly. All right, then. 
Well, it's been an interesting night. Let's say we get some rest, get ready for the travel. I think that's reasonable. Make any preparations. Yeah, we'll need to secure. Realistically, we don't need rations. I can get a pull cart and probably buy food stuffs cheaper. I can cook for five people. I mean, it's going to be more cost effective that way. We can get some beans, some dried fish. I'll make a list. While they're doing that, I would like to give Zolus the once over. He (laughs) looks shaken. Yeah. What are you trying to determine? I would like to determine if he would feel more comfortable if we had a rotating watch this evening. Okay, make an insight check. 22. You get the feeling he would feel more comfortable if you guys weren't all completely at rest at the same time. That's what I wanted to check, because we did not do rotating shifts the previous night. Nope. But so far, nothing's happened. Then I'll pull Valen aside. We should have rotating shifts. Someone should be in his room this evening. Absolutely. We haven't left him alone all day. When we were out, you didn't leave him alone, did you? No. No, not for a second. Okay, no, then we'll continue that plan. I can I can watch over him the whole night, actually. I don't think I'm going to try to sleep, per se. I think I'm just going to... I want you rested. What do you need? Four hours, but I'll be conscious and I can keep watch. That's, that's fine. You can be in the room, but I'll come in for those four hours to make sure you're not alone so you can actually rest. Okay. All right. Okay. We have a plan. Yeah, I would like to talk to Scriv before we totally call it quits. Since it sounds like Akiva and, and Valen are, are doing watch primarily, and then we'll take maybe like the last couple of hours in the morning. Sounds good. Basically, you can only be awake for two hours during the rest. You need at least six hours of sleep, except for Akiva, who can be awake for four hours, but trance for four. Right. Who is taking first watch? I'll take first watch. All right. But before we do that, I do want to talk yes, to Scriv. So, so we'll as you guys are that. basically, you head back to your rooms, you start to get ready for the evening. So, Scriv, we weren't 100% forthright about the artifact. I'm assuming you want to keep it that way. I was told to make sure that nobody knew what the artifact was. I am hesitant to leave it here when we're going to be heading across the country. Unless you have a way that we can get in touch with Paladin Whitecliff, then there's nothing that I can do. It sounded like, from what Horjan said, we might be able to take it to the elves in Solana for further information. I'm going to recommend that one of us goes to the academy and finds out if Horjan's figured out anything, and if not, we retrieve it to take to the elves. Tonight? Or very early in the morning, rather than sharing that with our companions at this point. I can make the run. I think that's probably for the best, just to be sure, because I would hate to think we've left it behind, especially when it seems to have had such a major impact on the people around us. So does that sound fair to you? This isn't about being fair. This is about making sure that the job gets done. I feel like if we leave it here, we won't know that it gets done and it could be compromised. The city's been attacked once before and we wouldn't know what might happen. At least if something happens, we'll know. If we're doing this, I'm going against my orders. Well, what was the intention of the job? The intention of the job was to identify the source of, well, it. It was an oddity. Right. Do you think that the elves are going to give us the information that we need? I think if Horging can't give us answers, that's our next best option and is still following up on what we were asked to do. And just leaving it with Horging seems open-ended and doesn't seem like it'll lead to the answers we're supposed to get. Darn it. I was really hoping it'd be easy. Does your father ever give you anything that's easy? No, but I mean, this time it was mom that was giving me the actual relic rather than dad, and I thought it'd be straightforward. (sighs) Nothing is ever straightforward. Not like it seems. 
I don't know if we should tell Valen or not. This seems really important, and it doesn't seem right to be this vague. And the last thing we need is for him to find out, oh, hey, look at this. And then that's a lot of explaining. It's easier just to be forthright about the whole thing. I have no problem with that. This isn't a secret of mine. So I will leave it up to you if when you want to share it and how. But you have to be careful. Keeping a secret is a difficult and dangerous business. I think I'm going to need some help getting into the academy late at night. It's not exactly as if I have a written invitation. I'm going to talk to Valen. Okay. One other thing. Hmm? I know I've been sharing things that I haven't talked to you about, and I don't want you to think that's because I don't trust you or I don't want to share it with you. (laughs) And you see probably the first smile since, well, the prophecy. Yeah. Not my soup, not my onions, you know? No, I suppose. It's a bit of wisdom that I learned from back home. Not my problems. I'm not going to pry. Well, it's not that. It's more, I guess I just wanted to be clear about why I'm doing it so that you and I are on the same page. I feel Mm. like, I don't know as much with Valen, but Akiva seems to really respond to, I guess, sort of a transactional sharing. It seems like the best way to earn trust is to share something. And maybe Valen too a little bit, so. That's called trust. Mm. You're extending trust to these people, Belinda, and they're extending trust to you. And then you grow closer. Or I'm giving up a piece of information in exchange for information that's more valuable to me. I think you should get some sleep. You're overthinking it. (laughs) There's no such thing, Scriff. (laughs) Fair enough. All right. Well, if you're going to go talk to Valen, I think I'm going to go take first watch. Okay. We can fast track this a little bit, but what did you want to talk to Valen about specifically? I wanted to invite him along to a midnight raid to the Magical Academy inside (laughs) the city. Valen, do you want to go? Yeah. He explains why it's in any yeah. way. <laughs> well, yes, that, that that was the hope, the intent. And that's that's absolutely, I'm chill with that. Are you intending to sneak in? I wanted to try and talk our way in, and you're much better at talking than I am. And I'll need to change. Yeah, Belinda was not proposing to break into the academy. Please do not. You will get vaporized. Well, <laughs> let's, let's go over the list. One, it is a magical academy yes. with a number of defenses that we yes. saw on the way in. Two, we would be breaking into the divination office, Yes, (laughs) who, of all the people, would see this coming. (laughs) However, I would also like to point out that you and I are probably the most agile people in our group, so if we did need to run and break in and run away- Please don't break in. (laughs) We would be the fastest and best people to do it. And, and, you know, divination isn't an automatic- you know, I detect the future thing. Uh, I, would I have had a chance to warn Scrib about what I would know about the inherent defenses nope. of the academy? Shoot. Okay. So you and Scrib head to the academy. I change. Comb my hair. Oh. Oh, wow. I can't go look at all scruffy with my hair up in a messy bun. So Scrib, when you arrive, uh, you recognize the half-elf uh, abjuration master, Alinus Serpenthelm. Still, again, very put together. But as you come up, she doesn't so much look at you. She does stare right at Valen, though. Hi. Uh, down here. Yes. Hello. Quick glance. Hi. Oh, he- hello. Yes. Uh, it's a pleasure to meet you. Hi. We uh, <sighs> needed to speak with the divination instructor. We came earlier today to ask him about something, and things have changed, and I was hoping I could get a few moments with him. She looks at you for a moment. <sighs> Grabs her earring. Horjan, you have a um, name? Oh, oh me? Uh, n- no, um, yours in a minute. Y- you're- Scribner Whitecliff. 
Uh, Horgen Scrivener Whitecliff is here to see you. All right. Do you know where you're going? Yes. Okay. Um, and she looks up at you, Valen. Are you going with him, or are you just hanging out here? I had intended to, but if you have need of me, I can always catch up. You can show me the way. Oof. Uh. <laughs> uh. I'm just going to look at you. And I'm going to hope you understand body language for, I said I'd be the distraction, just go. (laughs) Do I need to insight that, or can I assume? No, you get it. Yep. All right, I'm just going to go on ahead. We're getting in, that's all that matters. (laughs) So you head on over, and when you get to the office, you see Horjin is there with two younger humans that are just kind of like staying with him and and looking through books. Hi, um, did you have more information for me, or? Yes. And no. (laughs) Okay. I have an individual who has information that might illuminate the prophecy that we got. Oh, and he just perks up. But I also need to secure the relic again. Oh. (laughs) If there's a chance that the elves might be able to give us more information, then I'd like to be able to get their opinion on it. He kind of looks at it for a minute. All right, I have I have sketchings of it and of the, the writings and all of that now. I should be able to do more research. I can still send you messages, though, if, that, if that's okay, if I find anything. Oh, yeah. Is there a way that I can send you any sort of correspondence? If I get more information, then it'll be good for us to share information. Can you cast sending? No. I might check up on you every so often, then. Okay. That's good enough for me. I mean, most I've been able to find is there was a reference to a very, very old elven civilization. But beyond that, I don't have anything else for you, sadly, yet. Hopefully the elves and their oral traditions will be able to have more information on that. At least point us in the right direction. I'm happy at least I could help with that. Solana might have more. I mean, elves, they, yeah, they have a lot of history, but yeah. Oh, if you want to call down to the abjuration professor, she's actually talking with the person I brought to speak with you. Oh, and he quickly grabs uh, an earring. Master Elinus Serpenthelm, do you have... Ah. Hmm? So on your end, Valen, you hear, like, she just kind of pauses for a moment. Oh, hold on. Not now, leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) She's digging it. <laughs> I have a curse. <laughs> it's hard to be so beautiful. Oh, <laughs> like, um, are, are you are you heading out? Yeah, I'll walk yeah. with you. <laughs> he is really good at that. <laughs> anyway, we're walking down to crimp on Valen style. No, no, probably to be saving me. <laughs> so. She actually asks you lots of questions of like, oh, how do you take care of yourself? And very much on like how you put yourself together. Um, do you work and she, out? <laughs> so down for this. And she does comments like, oh, well, I use, you know, this and this and this. And prestidigitation is just so amazing to keep yourself looking proper. What do you do with your hair? I love it. Fabulous. <laughs> and that's basically the conversation that you are in by the time Scriv and Horjin arrive. Phelan, this is the... Man, I was telling you about, Professor, this is the individual who you might find interest in interviewing. Yes, so he said you had more information on the the artifact that he brought. Well, less on the artifact, and really more information about the incident that occurred when you were investigating the artifact. I mean, I, that could help, yeah. Information's information. Master Elinus kind of like, I'll be inside. 
and walks away. <laughs> so disappointing. <laughs> He'll know how to reach me. Is there a wink involved? It almost sounds like a wink. No, no, no need to wink. Oh, sorry. Winks are for posers. Winks are gauche. Are you um, implying that I'm gauche? Yes. Never. <laughs> so what do you explain to Horjan? I will sit with him and just him, not his assistants. I'm not about, you know, that entire life. He can mm-hmm. take notes if he wants, and I will just go over what confusing, fragmented uh, flashes of dream that I can actually recover that matches what he, I guess, prophesized. Whatever okay. came out of his mouth, that we can tie to different reference points in his text. Just make sure that um, he sees the corroboration. He can date it back to the night that I first got that sort of entire lump. And it might be of interest to him to know that it is... Uh, in one way or another, sort of, like that it's still with me, that a dream is one thing, but, but my particular condition is different, you know, being an Asimar and this coming from my Devo, and the fact that I have strange auditory hallucinations every now and then, weird happenings that seem to be tied to the visuals, so... He might find all of that interesting. He does. He writes it all down in great detail. Great. If you can think of a way to help me have a more cohesive experience to really fully experience the breadth of what I was given so that I can make more sense of it without making so many assumptions which realistically are just based on fear if there's anything you can do to help please reach out you you know how to contact Scrivener at this point yes um, if I think of anything I will absolutely send it your way as he's like finishing a note I mean, a lot of times with visions, my understanding is you tend to have to kind of be at the moment. I don't know. That's not worded well. But when you have a a convoluted vision, a lot of times the event itself will reveal itself to you right before you need it to happen. Or it might slowly build together as other things remind you of the vision. Well, given the nature of what all of this seems to be discussing, I would hope that we can find a way to put it together sooner rather than at the last moment. But well, it's too late to stop it. Yeah. Thank you for all this information. And he's finishing up the last. Okay. If there's anything else you do discover, I will try and keep in contact with you, Scrivener, and we'll go about from there. And as a final, more personal aside, it, Mistress Serpenthelm did seem rather interested in keeping in touch. If you could Tell me effectively what she needs to reach out to me via sending. We can make sure that she can stay in touch. I'll mention that she will be allowed to send messages to you then. She just needs to know who you are to do it. Well, yes, that is an interesting question. Well, she'll figure it out. I don't know exactly if she would need my title, my given name. I worry about giving out my true name. Hmm. <laughs> To anyone that practices any form of magic, so you understand. Completely. And he's just, like, smirking slightly. Well, on that note, thank you very much for your time, Professor. Happy to help. Let's go, Valen. We have to finish securing things before we leave. Right, right. Okay. So, Scriv, you are taking First Watch. Akiva, also, are you going to be in the room the whole time? Yeah. All right, so you are trancing for the first four hours. All right, so I believe the order of the watch was Belinda, Scriv, Valen, and then Akiva. So night passes fairly uneventfully. Belinda and Valen, you notice Zolus 
mumbling slightly in his sleep and toss and turn. You hear, don't want to, don't want to die. Can't, no, I can't, I can't. Overall, like as you're kind of hearing this, he's sweating slightly. On a scale of one to ten, how distressed does he seem for a dreaming man? Yeah. Pretty distressed. I'll wake him up. I won't. So later on in the evening, Valen, you shake. Uh, what? 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 What happened? You were very clearly having some sort of, I would say, bad dream. Mm-hmm. I just thought I would shake you out of it. Go back to sleep. Thank, thank you. No time goes right back to sleep. Akiva. Oh no. During your trance, you just hear something's coming. Be prepared. Great. And that is where we're going to leave this episode for today. Thank you all for listening. Please share this with your friends and follow us on Twitter at Rules is Written, or you can check out our website at dndraw.com. Feel free to email any questions to our Dungeon Master at dm at dndraw.com. Also subscribe and leave us a comment or review anywhere podcasts are found. You can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash dndraw. Thanks for joining us. Thank you.